Hello, and welcome to Mother Daughter Earthcast, a show that will help you navigate the eco world and live a more colorful and conscious life. We'll inform, inspire, and embolden you. And most importantly, we'll have fun along the way to a more planet-caring lifestyle together. We have lost most of the biggest and strongest trees in the forest. First and foremost, must watch is the David Attenborough documentary called A Life on Our Planet. How it showed the deep connection that we as humans are capable of having with the natural world. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Mother Daughter Earthcast. This is such a special day because mom and I are on a little, we're riding a high, really, because we talked to some amazing kids and teachers at the American School earlier today. American School of Tampico. Sorry, yes. American School of Tampico. And it was just so awesome. It was so refreshing and uplifting. And huge thank you to Miss Irela Galvan for having us. And it's just, you know, made our day. So we decided we were going to do a solo cast and talk about some of just some things that have been on our mind, namely what we're reading and watching because we're all still at home and there's so much media to consume right now. And we have come across some awesome documentaries and of course an awesome book that mom's going to tell you all about. So yeah. But before we get into that mom, oh, by the way, I'm Mariana Archibald (laughs) and I'm daughter. (laughs) And I'm Jenna Woods, mother. So in case this is your first time listening to the podcast, you can recognize our voices. So mom, what has been going on with you? Well, the monarchs are coming through North, North Texas, and that's always fun to watch. Been enjoying that, but I've been missing the hummingbirds. Mm. I think the hummingbirds have migrated, are starting their migration down to Mexico. And I don't see them zipping around my... Turk's cap and black and blue salvia outside my office window and I miss them I want them to come back I know I haven't seen any recently either Um, have you seen many monarchs in your yard because I've only seen a couple in mine I have seen a few we saw a bunch of of them at a customer's home yesterday where we were working you know what I was two years ago I had so many monarchs. And then last year, I had a lot. One day, it was a Sunday. That night is when we had that horrible Mm. tornado. Mm. Horrible. And they did not come back after the tornado. And they really have not been back in full force this year either. And I my plants are even bigger and with more nectar and whatnot. And I'm just, I don't know. Are they, do they know about the tornado and <laughs> maybe they got know. scared away <laughs> I know well now there's just you know where the t- tornado went through there's no trees there's net is there in blocks there's bare, barren ground yeah and it's very close to your house so maybe five blocks that, away yeah. yeah yeah well I'm excited hopefully to be seeing more monarchs it's always it's always just such a highlight I oh, love I it it is it's so special so Mariana what's been going on with you Well, other than speaking with awesome kids in Tempico, Mexico, I went to vote yesterday. So that was big. Um, I went in person. It was super easy. 
did the whole early voting thing. It was very organized. And yeah, so that, that was, that was my, my big thing for this week. Wonderful. That is so important, Mariana. I know. And y'all, I'm pretty sure you're about to get mom's voting spiel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, which I totally agree with. (laughs) It's so important. It's always important, but I just feel like it's getting even more important now. And there's so many important issues and everyone has their own issues that they think is the most important to consider. I guess y'all, I bet Take a wild guess which issue you think is most important to us. <laughs> hmm, might it be the environment? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, Xander uh, spoke on our fourth podcast, I believe. Episode, yes. Yeah. The and awesome Xander, my good friend. Yes. And he told us about a great website that I th- think you should check out if you're... And this was actually... Um, on our bonus episodes. So you're getting a sneak peek from one of our bonus episodes, but we thought it was very pertinent to the times right now. So yes, because he answered my question, what is the most important thing you can do to help reverse global warming and change and climate change? And he said, vote. Mm-hmm. And now I'm giving away the whole, the whole, the bonus episode, aren't I? She, she did, but that's okay. It is, because this is a, such an important topic. Anyway, he said to vote, and he recommended going to the League of Conservation Voters website. And I just want to read a little snippet that they have on their website. They said that uh, League of Conservation Voters drives environmental progress through action. We understand that threats to our environment and democracy are interlinked and that our nation's biggest environmental changes require political solutions. Winning these solutions means helping people use their power in all three political political realms, inf- influencing policy, holding leaders accountable and winning elections. I just, boy, they nailed it, didn't they? They did. But do you want to tell people what they information they can find on this website? Yes, they will <laughs> recommend. Because I ta- feel like she was about to move on without actually telling you why you should go to why, this website. I, I would do that, Mariana. <laughs> anyway, they will tell you how different uh, politicians have voted for environmental issues. Yes, and basically how they rank, which is it's great information to have. It is. So, so it's it's just one more thing to put in your filter whenever you're deciding who to vote for. Mm-hmm. And another tool to keep our representatives accountable, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. So thanks, Xander, again for that. And everyone, I'll put the link in the show notes, but definitely go check out that website. It is very handy and yeah. very useful. Awesome, Ma. Well, before we get into our solo cast and talking about what we're reading and watching today, I wanted to just quickly zip through a few announcements. First of all, huge, huge thanks to PJ and Mary, our newest Patreon supporters. We so appreciate you and our other patrons. We're having so much fun. So if you like our content, like what we do on Instagram and the podcast and have learned from our episodes and all of our amazing guest, then head over to Patreon and support us. And our other platforms, check them out. Mother Daughter Earth on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, our website, 
we're basically mother daughter earth everywhere. So check out all the other content we're putting out. And if you like our podcast episodes, then please rate and review us on whatever platform you are listening. It really helps get our message and our podcasts out there and spread the eco love. So thank you again. Okay, mom, tell us all about this book that you just finished reading. She literally binge read on Sunday. I did. I tried calling her. She's like, "Mm, I'm busy reading. (laughs) Well, it was such a quick, enjoyable, easy, but informative read. In fact, Mariana, you gave me this book. I was just about to say what awesome human recommended (laughs) this book to you. Why you did, honey. Hmm. (laughs) So the book is named The Man Who Planted Trees, a story of lost groves, the science of trees, and a plan to save the planet by Jim Robbins. It is so good. I cannot recommend it enough. I I will plow through books. I mean, it's, no, I will plod through books. <laughs> I will. I'm one of those people. I'll start a book and I'll even give it to even if it hadn't caught me at page 100, I'll keep on reading. This one grabbed me at page one or two. Mm-hmm. It really does. It is It is really well written. And it is about... David Millark. He's awesome. Yeah. And he had a major life-altering experience. And we, we're hoping to have him on our podcast. And he's going to... Yeah, David talk to us some more about that. (laughs) But it is about David's journey with trees and how he has realized we we have lost the biggest and strong, most of the biggest and strongest trees in the forest. And we need to get back to the biggest, strongest trees so they will be capable of, of withstanding climate change. And he is going out and identifying what they call the champion trees, and he's cloning them. And he is trying to reforest our depleted forests. Mm -hmm. It's just fascinating what he's done. And anyway, I please read the book. You will learn so much and you'll be so informed. Yes, it's it's an amazing book. And again, an easy read. Mom was actually just bringing up a section of the book this morning about how willow trees can treat sewage. This is just one of the many tidbits you get from this book. So mom, since you just finished reading, I'm just going to let you take it away with the book. (laughs) Well, they were talking about that you can plant a forest of willow trees and have the sewage go or wastewater mm-hmm. go through that area of the uh, of the willow forest, and it will filter out and clean the water at a fraction, like twenty five or thirty percent of the cost of a man made sewage system. And it actually does it even better. Than of course, a it does because it's nature. We keep trying to say this. I mean, see that to me is super exciting because I love no brainer win wins when you choose nature over something man made. And this is a great example of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, it just had so many positive and encouraging suggestions. 
now there are there's some grim news in there also in the book also of course there is but we can the, nature has a plan already and then there was another section that really it had an impact on me well whenever people asked me let me digress a little bit when people ask me what's going what are some new trends in the landscaping industry i used to when i started in this i'd say native plants planting native plants but yeah that's old old news now everyone knows plant native plants but now the exciting stuff that well i find it exciting and thrilling is that they're really learning about soil biology and how plants are communicating with each other and they address this in the book and it's uh, they were talking about the rhizosphere, you know, learning about uh, what's going on in the the root system, the uh, in the soil. And one of the things they said was, we know more about the planets and you know the Milky Way. We know more about that than we do about the soil we stand upon. That's incredible. <laughs> And it is true. It is true. How did that happen? You should happen? see her face right now. <laughs> She's like indignant. What? <laughs> I know. It's just, it, and it, and again, notice I'm talking about soil and not dirt. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have y'all heard this soapbox moment, which I do it all the time now too, the difference between soil and dirt. Well, why don't you, why don't you tell everyone, Mariana, because you've heard this a time or two in your lifetime. I definitely have. And now I preach because (laughs) it's true. Soil is an amazing living organism that gives us the gift of life. (laughs) Why? Yes, it does. That's how I view it. Dirt is what mom says is underneath your fingernails. (laughs) I call it lifeless you know, inert. It's yeah, inert. inert. And you can tell the difference. If you have spent any amount of time gardening or taking care of plants or whatnot, you can tell the difference when you go into a place and they have dirt and not soil. Um, and it's, and there's so many benefits, obviously, that a lot, lot living soil gives us, but we digress, we digress. And it actually will come right back around in one of the documentaries that I'm going to recommend, which is well, why, touches re- on soil a lot. I really have finished about the the two <laughs> wow moments in the book to me. Y'all, y'all, y'all. I love this because this is literally one of my mom's favorite books that she's read in a long time. And that's about as deep as you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's more. I could go on and on and on. Okay, good, good, good. But I'm not because... Pe- People need to read the book themselves. They do. They do. I mean, we've talked enough. I mean, they know about the champion trees. Another fun fact in the book is the (laughs) oldest living organism in the world is a tree that's 4,800 years old. That's amazing. And it's in North America, in the United States. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So, see, I could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to. There you go. Well, but maybe enough people will you know read this book and we can have a little book club on with our patreon peeps or something fun yeah and and we'll have a link to this book oh of course yes we'll link this book in the in in the show notes so definitely check out the man who planted trees a story of lost groves the science of trees and a plan to save the planet by jim robbins there you go Mom, it's you're, not, you're good at that. It's not a short uh, title, is it's it? It's not. That's why I wanted mom to read it. It doesn't just roll off your gonna, tongue. I was going to botch it. 
Okay, so moving from books to media or documentaries, if you will, I feel like Netflix is doing an amazing job and there's a new documentary coming out almost every week. (laughs) So there's a lot, but I have found two that are my absolute favorite. And then the third, my mom and I both like, but you're going to be getting these recommendations in my order of personal preference (laughs) because mom got the book. (laughs) There you go. So my first First and foremost, must watch is, and this is all on Netflix, by the way, is the David Attenborough documentary called A Life on Our Planet. First of all, who doesn't love Sir David Attenborough? If you don't, you're crazy. (laughs) You cry because he's amazing. And he's done such an amazing job of bringing awareness of the natural of the natural world into people's homes his entire life he has been doing this for 60 years whoa whoa good for him incredible and this documentary is basically him recounting his life and he calls it his personal testament and like many of the recent David Attenborough documentaries, he truly takes you on a roller coaster of emotions. I was crying in the middle of it, so beware. But he basically just shows you how much we have destroyed and you truly grieve that loss with him and he does it in such a personal way and then he shows you if we continue on this path what the next 30 50 100 years will be Mm. but like in the wonderful way that only he knows how he brings it all back to positivity and hope and say and says there is still hope here's the vision for the future and this is what we need to do to get there so it ends on a great high but just keep the box of kleenex next to you because it is it, it definitely pulls at the heartstrings but it is incredible like everything that he produces it is just incredible and I want to go back and watch it and just write things down. And uh, it's just so inspiring. I love it so much. So here is actually a little clip. We're going to play a clip of the, it's not a trailer. It's, it's a, a short, super short, like one and a half, two minute interview where he talks about funny enough. He basically answers the question that mom asks at the end of each podcast episode which is what do you think is the most important thing that we can do for our planet to reverse global warming and climate change so here is david attenborough answering that question Ooh, i want to hear it i'm often asked what's the one thing that will really make a difference i don't think there's one single thing we all live such different lives but there might be one approach that could make a very big difference indeed. In my film, A Life on Our Planet, I call it rewilding the world, but in practical terms, it means putting nature at the heart of our decisions. If we can move from viewing nature as something that's nice to have, to seeing it as the most fundamental factor in our civilization's survival, we would make decisions very differently to the way we do today. From everyday choices about what we eat or how we use our money to the very big decisions about how do we do business or govern ourselves. The recovery of nature could be at the heart of humanity's mission in the 21st century. 
Because after all, we are a part of nature. In my film, I talk about what we must do to solve the biggest challenges we face, and I'll be sharing these solutions over the next few weeks. The problems may seem daunting, but together we can change course. I describe a life on our planet as my witness statement. So if you're keen to do something right now, I invite you to watch the film. And if you find it informative, please encourage others to do the same. Thank you. I love that. I know, y'all, from Sir David Attenborough himself, go watch the film and encourage others to do the same. <laughs> it sounds like he's part of the mother-daughter Earth team. That's it. Or maybe we're part of the David Attenborough team. I'm pretty team. sure that's <laughs> more accurate. Well, maybe. You know what? We're all in p part of the Earth team, environmental team. There you go, Mom. Way to go. Nature always, team. Always the cheerleader. So anyways, check out. David Attenborough's documentary on Netflix called A Life on Our Planet. That is number one on the list. And I love how he was talking about rewilding the She's world. She's not going to let us move on I know, to the next one. I know. I just love this. <laughs> but I love how he's talking about rewilding the world. And one of the new terms in landscaping is wildscaping. Yes. And bringing back the not only a, you know, planting nat native plants, like obviously that's part of it, but in a wilder sort of way. It's true. And we talk about this concept all the time. And I just, ah, oh, I just love him. I love him. I could talk about him all day long. Okay. Moving on though, mom, we got to move on. Next documentary that is a must see and a close number two on my list is called Kiss the Ground. This documentary, also on Netflix, as I've mentioned, it's all about regenerative agriculture, and they just bring it to life. I had read about regenerative agriculture in the Drawdown book that mm -hmm. you and I love, and yeah, it was a cool concept that was awesome, but they just take it to another, another level and make the argument that regenerative agriculture is the way forward and is the way we can save our planet and reverse global warming because they're talking about how when you destroy the soil as we were saying soil versus dirt see full circle first full circle <laughs> when you destroy the soil it actually releases and expels so much carbon dioxide into the air um, and they have almost like heat maps showing that also in the documentary anyways and, and they show how there's just a great way that we can produce the food that we need while being responsible stewards of our land and there is balance to be had in agriculture we just with modern day agriculture and pesticides and you know going back to episode number two that we did with Mike Sorant we just haven't created a sustainable form of agriculture and I loved I, I'm gonna this isn't an exact quote but in the move in that documentary they say or it might be in David Attenborough's documentary. I don't know. I've watched some good stuff recently. But they said that if you can't do something over and over again indefinitely, by definition, it's not sustainable. And the way we're growing our food and, you know, raising cattle and livestock right now and pouring pesticides and synthetic fertilizers into the soil, that is inherently not sustainable mm -hmm. because it's 
just not going to be able to, we can't keep doing it the way we've been doing it. So, um, yeah, it's kiss the ground. It's just, it's just, it, it was life altering and growing, having grown up on a ranch in Mexico, I of course immediately messaged my dad and I was like, watch this documentary. So dad, I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know if he's listening to the podcast, but <laughs> anyways, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Good. Good. Yes. I remember I last year I went to the farmers, the little farmers market near my house and had a, a brief but very impactful conversation with a regenerative farmer here in North Texas. And that particular day he was selling all these interesting, fabulous mushrooms and whatnot. But That was one of the, I think he was the first regenerative farmer I had ever met. Now, some good friends of ours, Frank and Pamela Arnosky, they have been raising flowers in central Texas for um, like three decades, I believe. And I know that they have put so much work into improving the soil health that they really struggled with the some with the quality of the soil when they first bought the farm, but over years and years of adding compost and whatnot, they just as Frank will tell you, his soil is alive. That's what we want. That's yeah. exactly what we want. Okay, y'all. So here is the short trailer for Kiss the Ground. Obviously, you can't watch it. It's more much more impactful when you can see the visuals as well, but it'll work for now. And you can always go to YouTube and look up the trailer, but here it is. There's so much bad news about our planet. It's so overwhelming. Truth is, I've given up. This is the story of a simple solution, a way to heal our planet. The solution is right under our feet, and it's as old as dirt. All of our soils that are under chemical conventional agriculture are almost completely devoid of microorganisms. Modern agriculture was not designed for the betterment of the soil. Fossil fuels are by no means the only thing that is causing climate change. When we damage soils, carbon goes back to the atmosphere. And when we destroy soil, it releases carbon dioxide. Biosequestration is using plants, trees, and techniques of grazing and farming to capture carbon and store it in the soil. We can fix a lot of our climate issues to we bring the CO2 down into a living plant and put it back into the soil where it belongs. Plants working with soil microorganisms, it seems too simple. Healthy soils lead to a healthy plant, healthy plant, healthy human, healthy climate. Could be a way to eat food that heals the planet. The problem isn't the animal. The problem is where the animals are at. How do we take waste and repurpose and reuse it because it's really not waste? The poop has to stay in the loop. Compost is just one of a suite of soil-based carbon capture solutions. We know how to do it. And if we continue to scale over 30 years, we can reverse global warming. We can get the earth back to the Garden of Eden that 
it once was by regeneration. To see biodiversity return to a place that was completely devastated, that gives me hope. Our health and the health of our planet are connected. If you look over here, my neighbor's land that has been chemical fallow, then you look over at our paddocks, you have a diversity of different plant species. Which model do you want your food to be produced from? The answer is pretty simple to me. I'll make you a deal. I won't give up, and neither should you. So there you go. My number two on Netflix, Kiss the Ground. Oh, there were so many topics in there that just give me the tingles. I know. I know. And what's, what I also love about it is that they really touch on draw down as well. The book that you and I love mm-hmm. and all the different scientifically based approaches to reverse global warming. And they really kind of bring that concept home is the reversal um, the, the carbon dioxide that's already in the air, in the atmosphere, that can stay there for a hundred, a thousand years. We need a way to bring it back and sequester it. And that's really what they're talking about with regenerative farming. So, you know, I was listening to that and I was thinking, oh, Mike Sarant, our interview with Mike Sarant when he was talking about organics and mm-hmm. and soil biology. And then I was thinking about Suze Wood when, you know, she talked about we need to love and we need to love our planet so we will want to care for it. Anyway, gosh, we've had some great uh, spe- uh, people to talk with on our podcast. We have. We're pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun. Okay. So, yeah. Number two. Kiss the Ground, number one, David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet. And Mom is going to round up our our list with number three. My sister-in-law, Ellen Knight, told us about the great documentary on Netflix called My Octopus, Octopus Teacher. Oh, it was so good. It just warmed my heart. And I'm, I don't want to tell tell y'all all about it but it is about a gentleman and he had just burnt him burned himself out and he went back home to South Africa and he reconnected with the ocean and he went into the ocean every day for a year and he started a relationship with an octopus and also with nature and how that relationship with nature healed his soul. Mm -hmm. And I would add to that a different approach because this is what I took from the documentary. And this one mom told me about. So way to go, you mom. Super hip and up with the (laughs) Netflix news. Which I'm usually not (laughs) at all. I more, it was interesting because my perspective was more focused on how amazing his journey was and how it showed the deep connection that we as humans are capable of having with the natural world. Mm -hmm. And I love that this is an octopus. (laughs) I mean, like of all creatures, you don't particularly expect that one to be your friend, but this octopus was his friend. Oh yeah. They had a relationship friend, like octopus would come hug him friend. And you know, we all think dogs, horses, cats, you know, whatever. But I loved how different and unique this 
perspective of how precious a human and natural world connection can be. And I expand that to plants as well. I mean, you can have, we as humans are capable of creating that connection with beings that aren't just humans. Oh, yeah. In fact, I don't know. I don't know if I told you about this, Maria. Oh, juicy, <laughs> juicy nugget coming. I take care of some plants in an office building. And I've been doing that, ooh, I think since either 2011 or 2012. I go at least once every two weeks and sometimes multiple times a week. And I got there, it was, it's been almost two weeks and I walk in, three of the plants were gone, the big ones. My friends what? have been taken away. So I called the director at this, of this office building. I said, where are my plants? I, where are my friends? I, 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 I was really upset. Anyway, the, the, uh, the director did not know. And, and I was calling her on a Sunday. It was an emergency. Well, it was. My friends had been kidnapped. (laughs) Anyway, I find out the following day, "Mm, they're going to change some things. They They took the plants away, and they're going to put in fake plants. What? They're going to put in fake plants. And I couldn't talk about it. What happened to the plants? Are these the fiddle leaves? No, some of the others. But... Anyway, I don't know. They went to someone's home, and I'm. Vi- I was so upset. I was like, I kept on thinking, this person. I bet they will not take care of my friends the way I took care of them. And I really, I, I, whenever I'm really upset about something, I can't talk about it. And I have I told you no, about this, Mariana? She has not. Oh, it really upset me. And I'm supposed to go take care of the plants this weekend, and it's really, it, it's, it's emotional for me to think to think that I'm not going to see my friends there. I mean, they are my friends. They've been my friends for years. That's really sad. Can so. we vet this family that has taken them in? I don't know. <laughs> what if they're not good? Then you can rescue them. <laughs> Speaking of rescuing, Toby told me the other day that <laughs> he yeah. turned to me. He's like, maybe we're at a point where we sh- shouldn't rescue any more plants. <laughs> that is so funny because yesterday Toby told me, Jenna, do not let Mariana have any more plants. Because when we're landscaping, sometimes we take plants out or someone and doesn't want a plant. I don't want, want them to die. And so I'll, I always say I'll take them to my house. Point is, if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you want to do Toby a solid... Put yourself up for volunteering to take some rescue plants because we've run out of room. (laughs) Oh, heavens. It's true. They are friends. They are. And I have said this before. If one day we ever move from our current house, I know that's going to be the hardest thing is leaving my plants behind. Yeah. It will. It will be. It was that broke my heart. When I left Mexico, I know, and I had to leave my plants, and I would say I was in mourning for a good four years. I didn't even collect plants again for about four years because I had lost all my children, and I had a very special moment. I was meeting some friends in Florida, and they flew, and I drove, 
and I wanted to go to Selby Gardens in Sarasota, Florida. And just the time of you, I just, the timing was right. And I walked into Selby Gardens and they're known for their bromeliads. It's a bro, it's the bromeliad mecca. It's an amazing place, but they also have this greenhouse and they have a lot of orchids in there. And I walked in and so many of the orchids in that greenhouse were native of Mexico and they were native mm. to the area of Mexico that I lived in. And so many of those orchids I had had in, in my collection in Mexico. And I started sobbing. I, I mean, I would say 15 minutes. I was just sobbing. Did you take them off guard a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was sobbing so much. I wasn't even aware of anyone around me. I don't know how people were reacting to it. I don't even know if anyone else was in the greenhouse there. I don't know. And the way I looked at it, it was God gave me the opportunity to say goodbye to my dear friends mm. in Mexico, my plants. Mm. So anyway, wait, that, that, that was more than you wanted to hear about hey, relationship with y'all, plants. Y'all, this is a sneak peek into what we chat about all the time. So there you go. My octopus teacher is just another awesome documentary that is just a glimpse into that, the possibility of connection with nature and I loved it. It was just so well done. And what was amazing is that he, as he's diving and getting to know the octopus, is actually taking the footage of it. It's not retroactive. He is filming and taking pictures of it as it's happening. So it was amazing. And Anyways. You get to watch him heal emotionally. Exactly. It, it's just all around great. So there you have it. Those are our top must read and watch list of 2020 i'd say so far so far we'll see what else netflix comes <laughs> out with and what other awesome tree books are written but those are our suggestions for things to add to your read and watch playlist and let us know what you think we'd love to hear your thoughts and maybe have a little book slash documentary discussion Ooh, ooh, ooh. mom can lead it She'll, she'll come up with all the deep questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She, she's awesome. Okay, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us for our second solo cast. Hope you enjoy and let us know what you think. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.